Tell you about my most uh, recent escapade with some blue lights. The police? Yeah, popos. What happened? So, late evening, I'm sitting there. I'm at a, I'm an intersection, red light. I'm in the turning lane. I'm sitting next to a cop in the straight lane. I turn left, and as I do it, he hits the blues on me. He, like, ducks in behind me. Like, I've been sitting here in a red light. I'm not even touching Wait, my Wait, what do you pull up next to you and see your mustache and say, we got to pull <laughs> this guy over? I mean... <laughs> At this point, that's probably the most viable option. Because I'm like, I wasn't on my phone. I saw the cop car. I'm not stupid. Anybody who's got a mustache <laughs> like that looks suspicious enough that we're pulling him over. So I pull over, and he's like, you know, comes to the car or whatever. And I'm like, officer, did I do something? I mean, I've, I've been pulled over plenty of times, but never sitting at a damn red light, basically. And he's like, yeah, your tag's expired. And I'm like. No, I, I get my emissions done every year, and I put the decal on there and whatnot. And he's like, well, it must be in the wrong spot then, because I didn't see it in the right corner. And I'm like, huh, well, now that's a definite possibility, but in that's the case, it's been that way for a long time. So how do you, like, there's a little cutout, there's a, a spot on your license plate that says place sticker <clears throat> so, here. Progressing things, he invites um, me to get out the car, and he'll show me where, you know, We'll take a look at the tag. Well, inevitably, yes, I do have a valid sticker, and it, yes, it's in the wrong spot. And the spot where it's supposed to go hasn't had a sticker since 2014. Smart as you are. Have you had that car for that long? Well, the tag rolled over from the previous car. Oh, yeah. But still, I was like, see, I told you, man, it's been this way for five years. No one has said a word yet. And he kind of laughs. I'm like, all right. He's like, well, let me check your license, you know, uh, Make sure you're not wanted for, you know, killing anybody or anything else random. I'm like, all right, man, let me grab it from the car. So I come back from the car. He grabs the license and says, all right, well, I'll be back in just a minute with your ticket there, son. I was like, ticket? Like, seriously? For what? He's like, wearing those damn Georgia shirts, son. This is Tennessee. <laughs> I'm like, man, this guy's busting my balls at midnight. Like, he clearly just started his shift, and I'm just trying to go home tired. <laughs> That's pretty funny, though. Man. That's pretty funny. Everyone, my name is John Edwards, and with me is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. Say hello to the folks, Zeke Baker. Jesus, man, are you having a stroke over there? No. <laughs> I, I meant to go, say hello to the folks, Zeke Baker. But I ended up going, like a snake. <laughs> man. How you are doing? Let's hope John gets better as this goes on. <laughs> it's been a long day. I feel you. It has been a long day. We do have a returning guest, one of our good friends, Ryan Yamada from Cooper Spirits. Thank you so much for spending another night with the dads. Thanks for having me back. Glad to be here. First three, Peter? It, it is the first three, Peter. All right, We're, all right. It's like uh, Saturday Night Live. You're going to start getting the jacket that has, like, the three on it. Yes. <laughs> I expect that next time. Yes. Well, on, on your fourth, we only do that on the five time. Mm. We'll give you, like, a, a patch, and it's got five bottles on it, like five, <laughs> like, kids' bottles. All right, you heard it. I'm holding you to it. Oh, man. That's going to cost us money. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we reach out to Cooper Spirits for a sponsorship. <laughs> By the way, did y'all hear the show? That hey, you, we you, need a little help with. You want to help Ryan get a patch? <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for joining. What what you been up to? I mean, it, I I know we haven't had you on for like a year, so. What's been going on with you for the past year? Life's pretty exciting. I, I've moved into a national role, so I get to travel around the country spreading the gospel of, of rye whiskey via the Cooper Spirit portfolio. Um, personally, little man is almost two years old, so he's getting into all kinds of trouble. And uh, the wife and I just bought a house out in Kingston Springs, Tennessee. And, you know, I'm liking the, uh, the small town life for sure. Kingston Springs has the best splash pad in town. Yes, Burns Park. Yeah. And we would go out when we were in West Nashville in the nations, we would drive out to Kingston Springs all the time just to go to Burns Park. It has like the best playground, the best splash pad 
actually last July 4th, I, I was a solo dad. I took Sophia to Burns Park. That's what we did for July 4th. I, I packed a, a cooler. It was great. Yep. She never wanted to leave the spot. It's a recurring uh, thing for you. Yeah, it is. That was a, a big selling point on King Springs was that park for us. We go out there two, three times a week. It's amazing. And there's a couple of restaurants. I never know when they're open. <laughs> Every time I go by, like there's a it, there's a pizza place in Kingston Springs. Yep. You never know if it's open or Sky not. Sky King Pizza. Amazing brick oven pizza when they're open. Closed on Sundays and Mondays. Do they have like a... Uh, a set hours like or is it just kind of like hey we we decided to come down here and a little bit of both a little bit of both yeah i mean that's small, <laughs> small town, town life, life. <laughs> if the neon's own we're open right if it's not <laughs> we're not ryan moved to kingston springs yep the pizza place is sometimes open well actually sometimes. i did say him not too long ago it was um I ran to him when, you know, Mike and I were getting one of our lunch dates. You, you missed it again. I don't know what happened. Isn't Mike supposed to come down tonight? He's, I've heard it's a possibility. I, I hope Mike Hines comes on. But it is cute that you boys go out and have dates, and it's nice. Hey, I, I mean, last week, there, there might even been a, a pick involved, John. I don't know. you you, you got to take us up on these invites to lunches. I will once I get one. Oh, <laughs> is that the problem? But it is cute that you all hold hands and, and ride in the Can-Am together. I really think it's, it's sweet, and I just want you to know I support you. <laughs> so <laughs> Ryan has this national role. What are, you, are you doing the same thing just nationally, or is there... I am. So it's, it's a little bit of sales, a little bit of marketing, but again, just getting to travel around the, the country, getting to meet the consumers, meet the bartenders, getting products into their hands, start playing with and, and really just enjoying it. You know, this year has been really exciting um, just because there's been so much more uh, competition introduced into the market as far as the rock and rye category um, is concerned. So there are at least six other labels that I'm aware of that people are like, oh yeah, rock and rye, we've got, we've got label X. And I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's great, great to be the original, you know, so, so let's revisit that. I have seen some rock and rise from some other people coming out, and I'm surprised that they're able to call it rock and rise. I had the same thought. Yeah. I saw someone there like, I mean, I get it's a bland term, but still it's, it's trademarkable. You, you know, imitation is the highest form of flattery. You know, we are original America's original cocktail. Uh, the recipe dates back to 1884. We've got the history. We've got the chops. But the rock and rye category was something that, you know, was born out of innovation. Oh, so that's a whole category. Oh, then. So yeah. everybody can call it. I thought it was like, you know, y'all went to the TTB and said, this is slow and low rock and rye. But the only thing you could go with was slow and low. And then yep. rock and rye is the. Okay. Yeah. Rock and Rye was was America's original flavored whiskey. You know, the TTB now classifies us and every other Rock and Rye as a flavored whiskey, but the original category um, was Rock and Rye, and that dates back to, like I said, you know, the the late 1880s. I learned something new every day. Now I know why other companies have Rock and Rye. I was like, I was like, I bet Cooper Spirits is going to sue them, <laughs> and then it's. You learn something new every day, Zeke. Well, I mean, much different times back then and what people considered, you know, pure or whatnot didn't have to necessarily meet today's standards. Exactly. You're actually able to get four packs of these now, too. That's mm-hmm. Ryan brought us some four packs. He knows how much you love to shotgun these. <laughs> and uh, hey, the episode's not over yet, bud. The episode <laughs> is not over. I, we might need to do a race. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Takes you eight minutes to do that, buddy. Yeah, the four packs are great now. You just pick up a four pack, take it to the pool, take it to the golf course. You know, they're they're so convenient. You know, you used to be able to throw the the singles in the pocket, but you know, if you're playing in a full day, now you got the 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 accessibility of the four pack. Well, I mean, I think the thing for me is we are in a room at my apartment building, uh, my temporary housing here, and we are overlooking the pool. It is a rainy night, but the pool is lit up, and the first thing. When you brought these over and there were four packs, the first thing I said is, this would be perfect for the pool. There Two things have been happening in my apartment building. There were people that were complaining on the internal message board that, like, aren't we not supposed to have alcohol by the pool? And uh, That's better than complaining about your uh, pool attire. Uh, my, I, 
listen, I know to wear a shirt. And <laughs> nobody wants to see me without a shirt out there. But uh, people were complaining about other people having alcohol by the pool, but you also can't have glass by the pool. So if you think about it, these little rock and rise are perfect to throw in the cooler. Aluminum can. Aluminum can. Like a 12 or an 8-ouncer. Right? <laughs> Innovation. You know, you have that rock and rye that's <laughs> the size of a Red Bull. It would be 84 perfect. 84 proof, 12 ounces. People shotgun that. And Do you do y'all remember Four Locos? Yeah. I, I feel like you'd have a similar situation to like the original Four Locos. I had some spring breaks where I shotgun Four Loco on the beach. Yeah. And then... Uh, and then there was a long nap. <laughs> there was an afternoon, evening once, where John and I both shotgunned 22-ounce raspberries. I'm pretty sure my blood sugar almost put me in a diabetic coma for about the next 30 minutes. Well, we were about to play kickball. Oh, great. And we thought it would be a great idea. It was like having we're trying, an energy we're trying to inspire the team. There was one guy on our team, though, who would drink raspberries and then fall asleep and we were trying to kind of motivate everybody and we're like zeke and i are gonna go and and shotgun these raspberries and then we're gonna show you how it's done i was the pitcher so i uh, i had that uh i had that sugar mojo (laughs) throwing them all down there it was good times kumar rocker over there on the mound yeah (laughs) (laughs) we will sip on this rock and rye here in a little bit but you brought a whole bunch of stuff for us and thank you, first and foremost. Uh, we always appreciate it when guests bring some stuff. We, we wish we had more for you, but tell us about what you brought. So I'm really excited. Um, I just had the chance to taste through with the executive board over at Cooper Spirits um, some really exciting products. We are doing a relaunch um, of the Hockstutter brand and our portfolio. And so we are bringing back the much-beloved Hockstetter's Vatted Rye. And so some of you all might call that unicorn nowadays. It's super hard to find the original bottling. But we are really excited to be re-releasing that in January of 2020. I also brought, um, which was one of my favorite bottles of the past few years, the Hockstetter Family Reserve. And I don't say that just because I work for the company. It really was a very special bottle, the 16-year Family Reserve cast strength that we had. We are releasing this fall a 20-year version of that. And so I brought Wait, a sample really? of that. Yeah. 20 years? 20 years straight age dry. And if you remember when we did the blind with you and we went through the whole gamut, including uh, Lock, Sock, and Barrel, mm-hmm. for me it was the 16-year came in number one and the vatted came in second. And it was like, if you can't find the 16-year for 200 bucks, the vatted is a great alternative. And I think, you know, following along the success and just the the consumer uh, fervor for those two bottles, because that, your consensus, that's what we found the consumers across the country, they loved those two products. They were special bottles, they were special releases. And so getting to uh, expand or um, really refocus on the portfolio with those two releases paired with Slow and Low is really gonna give the, uh, the Hockstetter brand a nice little umph. Well, I mean, hyper-age stocks, they're hard to find. I mean, I can't think of even a handful, really, of things off the top of my head that say 20-year age statement. I completely agree. At least not in the you know, the whiskey, bourbon, rye world. Scotch, obviously, is different, but... Certainly, well, especially in the rye world, and I think that just is a testament to the vision that Rob Cooper, our, our founder, our late founder, had when he started um, collecting and, you know, investing in the rye category um, really before the the rise of rye happened. Now, (laughs) remind me, though, because this vatted and the the Hochstatters, I believe this has like 14 and 5 in it or something like that, isn't it? So the original release of the Hochstatter vatted rye was a blend of five different age statements between four and 15 years. I was close. Mm-hmm. I was right off there. a year on, on the high and the low, but it, it's amazing that there's that much stuff in that bottle. I do kind of like, I think uh, you were saying this bottle is going to get a makeover, but mm-hmm. we, we don't have to go into that too much. I do love though the old timiness of the current bottle. I'm, I'm going to miss that a little bit, but I like that it has that big surgeon general warning on the front. Yeah. And it looks like it's, 
it's like a throwback, right? It's like the Mitchell and Ness jersey oh, that yeah, you yeah. would have opposed to the new era jersey right yep. now. I, I kind of really like that about this bottle, but I'm sure whatever you guys going to do is be classy as hell. I think the aesthetic of the label is going to stay that same because that really is the aesthetic of our brand. I think you're going to see the bottle just become a little bit uh, elongated. I think we're going to move to a, a cork top instead of the screw top. Uh, still going to have the nice little Art Deco touches like the beveled uh, neck on there, but um, we're definitely going to keep the same the same branding and appeal that we have with the label. You brought that, you brought the vatted, you brought the 16, but you also brought samples of what the next vatted is going to be. And there are, there are three different options. We have one, two, and three. Zeke and I have no say in this. We're just kind of tasting through them, though, and giving some quick notes on it. Have you been drinking these at the same time? And I'm, I'm sure you've done this like 18 times already. You know, this is actually only my third time going through this, so <laughs> I'm kind of there with you. Um, but these are these are the three finalists. This is this is this is the uh, the podium, as it were. Samples one, two, and three, kind of leading into the final decision. And you know, nothing is final yet you know the you two are experts in the field as i'd like to say so who else you, you see know? in this room right yeah <laughs> I, 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 you sure you mean us Must be somebody outside the glass john they were like who who's two guys that that uh drink a fair share and, <laughs> right? and bullshit about it i love it i love but, it but so ryan before we get into the tasting notes here these are the three finalists and and one is going to be selected from this Tell us a little bit about the vatted for people that might not have heard the last episodes that we did with you. Tell everybody about vatted, what it actually means to be vatted, and a little bit about these samples that you brought and what the the potential next Hochstadter's vatted would be. Of course. So Hochstadter's vatted rye, we're, we're the only vatted whiskey in the market and again that speaks to the innovation that rob cooper um presented us but the the process by which a whiskey is vatted is very similar to that uh that blended scotches do when you take a single grain spirit blend it together with other age statements and do not add a neutral grain spirit to it we're doing the exact same process but with rye whiskey and so what you're able to do then is marry these flavors together as they're all blended into kind of a harmony um, and it really is done in a steel vat, you know, uh, if you consider the bottle of that as well, it continues to marry. So this is a bottle that will continue to develop over time. Um, but that process before we bottle it is not aged because you're not in the barrel anymore. But the vatted process is, is that uh, marrying of these flavors to really the, the perfect, um, I don't call it maturation, but the, the flavor profile that you're looking for. But, but not a, a Solera in the sense of, you know, we've got a big vat, and from time to time, various products that we like or we think will add, uh, I guess, diversity to our profile, we just dump some barrels in, so to speak. No, this is a single uh, kind of release. So once this batch is released, it will be uh, fully bottled and, and then shipped out. Um, and then when we do the next release of Vatted, it will be a new blend as well. So we don't have any batch left over that we're necessarily just continuing to add to. So I guess almost in a sense of, for for this uh, experiment, so to speak, there's probably small-scale vats containing, you know, the same percents of everything, mm-hmm. but finding which which way the uh, the company wants to go before they dump it into a much larger uh, steel tank. Certainly, certainly. <clears throat> Sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the age range on these bad boys? Awesome. So uh, sample number one, you're looking at a blend of four, seven, eight, and 10 years. In sample number two, you're looking at three, seven, eight, and 18. Sure. And then in sample number three, you're looking at three, seven, eight, and 16. So this what was the first one again? Four, seven, eight, and 10. Now, I don't know the exact percentages of what is in each of these. I just know that those are the age ranges that we are dealing with. No, that that is okay. I wish almost that we gave the ages after we uh, gave our notes so it doesn't look biased to anyone. That's fair. But uh, it is what it is, right? It is what it is. I don't see any bias there. Oh, you know, you could look at that and someone could say, uh, one might be young, one might, you're the average. It's like a four O's a small batch. I mean, some of them have very tight-knit ages. Some have 5% of some hyper-age funk. Mm -hmm. I know, but I'm just saying. 
John, at this point, if they don't trust us, they never will. <laughs> I don't trust you. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I don't expect that to change. Let's go ahead and give our notes, unless you have any other background that we should go over before we start. Just a quick note, um, just like the uh, first release of the Vatarai, all of these are going to be bottled at 100 proof. Well, heck Is that yes. what we're tasting as well? Mm-hmm. Okay. All of these are at 100 proof. All right, Zeke, what did you think of the first one? The first one, uh, I thought it had a really great nose uh, without even getting too close into the glass. It kind of jumped out, really. Had a nice floral aspect to it. I felt like I also offered um, almost sweet honeysuckle with a graham cracker kind of blend. On the palate, I actually had a, a fair amount of spice and some bitterness to it, which really surprised me since that just did not come off at any point during the nosing. Beyond that, it kind of got clovey for a minute. And I will say not a whole lot palette-wise really jumped out at me as being like, whoa. Um, but it had a finish that just hung around for quite some time as well. But, uh, I was pretty surprised and, and pleased with that. It's not really a note I use a whole lot as far as something hanging around finish-wise, but that definitely hangs on the back of the tongue. Yeah, I I kind of got what you got. Um, I did get the, the floral, the graham cracker, but I got a lot of sweet rye on the, the nose with slight mint and it almost gave my nose a nice little tingle just like you would expect with the rye there there was a lot of traditional rye characteristics with that the taste i said nice spice but there was a slight pine that wasn't my jam and uh i think i kind of got like you zeke that moves into the cloves and yeah the finish was good it lingers nicely but it this one was it had a little bit of pininess. It was a little off-putting for me. But other than that, the nose, I could have sat there and nosed this one all day. That That's the thing. And it, I think that's where the disappointment came for me is like you sit there and you're like, man, this is the best damn nose. And then you take a sip of it and you're like, aw. Yeah, I mean, definitely surprising. Uh, but not the first or last time it's happened to us, I'm sure. I mean, it wasn't bad. It's just when, when the, the nose is so good and the, the palate is a little off in some way, you're like, ah. Oh. Yeah, and it's not that it's, it's saying it's bad. It's just a complete 180. Yeah. So you, you, you go into it thinking, oh, yeah, all right. I got an idea what this is probably going to taste like. I like where we're heading, and I did not get a single damn note I thought I was going to. So... I feel like you, like from that standpoint, good or bad, you, you're already you just have that buildup of what you're expecting, and it's not there. And it's I need to try this without smelling it almost, <laughs> just to get an honest opinion of the palate, because my my mind itself was just confused. My mind's playing tricks on me. It happens. That's fair. That's well, fair. What do you get on this one? You you have a very experienced palate yourself. For me, on this one, the nose. Um, I got a lot of herbs. It was very, very herbaceous for me. Um, then kind of tasting into it, I got kind of a confectionery sweetness on it. And again, uh, a finish that was kind of just jammy on the back end. Um, I got kind of just a, a darker stone fruit on there, a little bit of spice on the back end, almost tobacco-y. But again, just the nose didn't match for me on this one. The, the palate, the taste. Uh, but... Something that I really find about this one that's super interesting, the body on it, it's just thick. It kind of sits on my tongue. The weight of it makes me want to make a cocktail out of this. As just a straight sipper, eh, interesting, but I want to open it up with other flavors. This is one that I would put into a cocktail. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, let's say uh, I don't use finish a whole lot in the notes, but that thing's definitely there. Mm. We just all got uh, bamboozled when the curtain didn't match the drapes. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Zeke, what, what about number two for you? Two wise, uh, <laughs> it really reminds me of some Four Roses, which for a rye product, I, I don't know where that came from. But I, I can see that. It's, and it's I a, can see that. It's a very, I've yet to really get a better descriptive terms for this but i find it a lot in four roses is more or less it's a warm coppery type 
smell that comes off. I, I don't know what else, how better to describe it. That's all I see in my mind. Uh, had a little peppery pops kind of behind that. You can tell there's a little bit of kick in there. Uh, definitely, you know, black peppercorn heavy, you know, just uh, you know, cooking and grinding on top of something. Palette-wise, it, it seemed fairly mild and light on the entry. Nothing really jumped out at you. It just kind of slowly moved and crept in there. Uh, it seemed uh, that that pepper did kind of come in again, and it just kind of danced and, and really popped around the tongue a little bit. It didn't sit on it. wasn't over the top. I mean, literally just like little sprinkles that hit you here and there, almost like rain falling or something. And then picked up um, some you know natural honey-type aspect of much more bittersweet, and it definitely was a strong bitter aspect to it as you would get from the natural product, you know, synthetic stuff. But uh, that was really kind of where I, I went with that one. So the nose on this for me was like r- sweet, rich candy, a lot of the caramels and vanillas, the, the stuff that you would expect, but a little bit of that rye spice in there as well. I agree with you. It, it did kind of have characteristics of more of a bourbon than a rye yeah i just laughed i'm like this is the smell i get with a lot of four roses like (laughs) it it was like a high rye bourbon rather than a a rye smell and then the taste i just wrote this is my jam and i it was very easy for me to say that hey that number two was absolutely my jam it was rich it had the right amount of spice I know I'm not giving specific tasting notes there, but it was one of those things that the second I have it, I said, oh, that's it. And then the finish lingers nicely. There was maybe a little bit of dill and honey on the finish as well. So things I would expect in a rye, there were there were rye characteristics that were shining through. But it, it, this almost reminds me a little bit of those like Knob Creek rye picks because some of them are going to be very rye and some of them are going to be more bourbon. And as we're going through these three, it's like, all right, that one's more rye, that one's more bourbon. Like, it kind of goes into that category, and I think that's what you can get from some of that vatted stuff. You're going to get different characteristics from different barrels that make it nice. Completely agree. It's kind of that roller coaster that your palate is taking. Um, for me personally, number two, uh, ton of spice just on the nose, like those cracked black peppercorns. Then on the palate. I, I, this is the third time I said this, but gun smoke and molasses. Like that's <laughs> like I come to gun smoke and molasses on this one. Um, definitely finishes with the dill as well. That's one of the first notes that I had just on that very back end finish. Um, this one just tasted round, but it's just this this kind of contrast in flavors that are interesting. Um, but I just I can't settle on it. I'm like dancing around a little bit with it, you know. I think for me. It was the one that was probably the most well-rounded out of the three, and I don't want to talk about it before we, we get to the third one, but it was it was the most well-balanced. There were aspects of the nose that I could see on the palate and the finish, and it just felt like it, it was complete. It wasn't like, okay, the, the nose is really good, the finish is really good, and the taste is it. It was like it was one of those ones that from from top to bottom, start to finish, this one had something in every aspect of the pour that was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Last but not least, what about number three, Zeke? Hey, it's been a night of threes. We had a good theme going here. Yeah, we did. <clears throat> Nose-wise, I thought three was uh, really sweet. Uh, it hit me almost like a, um, a bubble gum, almost such a, a rich you know, sweetness, uh, something like a juicy fruit or something. You know, just like when you first bite into it, and that just you know that smell once you ever do it. Uh, but then also kind of, you know, working it around a little bit, it, it had some funk that came in. Uh, once once it set in the glass for a minute and that, you know, initial sweet kind of came off of it, I uh, picked up enough funk there at times to say, hey, th- there's going to be some interesting stuff going on here. Palette-wise, uh, at least especially on the entry, it seemed much more robust uh, than the, the, the previous two. You know, it was big. It jumped out at you. You, you knew you were getting a hold of something. The, the main thing I kept getting, and it's hard to really, you know, pinpoint it, but it was picking, you know, some kind of sweet fruit, but something that's got earth on it. You know, it was dirty. Like, you know, if you've you know, had to pull anything off the ground, is you know, or for whatever reason, you, you know, hadn't washed your, your fruit, but um, just literally like 
you get the dirt aspect of it, very, very earthy. And then once you get that, you know, move past it, that's kind of washed off. It's like, oh, yeah, that's the sweetness I know of. And, you know, literally whatever fruit product you want to think of. And this one, a lot like number one, uh, it, it had a pretty good finish that just seemed to be very tacky and hang around. I assume we'll wait, and uh, even though you tipped your scale already, we'll, we can say which of the three we like best after we round this out. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, I did tip my hand, but... But it said we'll wait. Yeah, I, I agreed. No, I, I got a lot of pine on the nose, and then the taste, there was just something that was in the roof of my mouth that I couldn't get past, and mm. one, once we got to this, I was just writing down what was memorable out of it. Uh, there was just something that was hitting the top of the roof of my mouth that I was like, and I think it was because I just had number two, and again, I'm tipping my hand, but I just had that number two, and then by the time I got to number three, I was like, yeah, the, the, it doesn't have what I wanted like in number two, so I probably didn't give it the right amount of love, Ryan. I'm sorry. I I, I didn't spend a lot, like the second I took a sip, I'm like, no, it's not it. It's not uh, number two. That's yeah. funny. That's funny. For me, number three, uh, I'm very much on the same page with Zeke. This was fruity, like, but in a dark kind of like, like, menacing kind of way i got this like dark plum this like like super ripe cherries and it's almost like i ate the cherry and it was so juicy that the pits in my mouth i'm trying to suck all the fruit off of the pit and i'm still getting like the flavor aspects of the bed in there um this one was dark jammy it it just it's still coating my tongue um on the nose, I, I got spices, but I got I got a sweetness to it as well. <laughs> now was, I know what Ryan's favorite, right? Was. Oh no, I took my hand. I took my hand. But it's just it's it's that like dark spicy fruitiness that I really like in older rise. I, I think they kind of take that turn, and that's the flavor profile that jumped out for me for number just, three. Don't don't feel bad. I mean, it's only just the second time in three weeks that you know this theme just keeps coming up of well, like Zeke said. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey. But no, I was the same way with you, and especially on three, the more I thought about it and sat there with it, I, it just seemed to me like, all right, <clears throat> if, I, if I want to rye, it, it's usually something I want to think about, and you don't throw those back, so to speak, as you know, you can introduce some bourbons. And even though I didn't pick up or quite, you know, get all the words you had, you, you could just tell, like, there is a lot going on here over time, and depending on the day when you have a pour of this and what else you've had, you're going to pick up so many different subtle nuances that to me three just stood out so much as a the thinker type pour of all right let's see what you got for me today old buddy it's been three days and i don't remember what i had for lunch or earlier in the day but let's see what comes off and what kind of notes i get and to me that that's where it really rung home and then especially you know with the vat seeing how it changes over time just on its own as well i thought to me it was just seemed like much more of the I'm just going to sit here and think and enjoy the aspects of this for a few minutes and have a, a nice you know slow easy clear myself from the world kind of moment yeah I, I think for me three is is that marriage that comfortable marriage you know you've been married 30 years you know you, you, you walk you know you're super comfortable around each other and those those are the flavors for me in number three all I know is that Zeke described number two. I mean, if you if you know the distillery that Zeke described number two as, and and you know what one of my favorite drinks is, it's like it was a no brainer. We knew which one my favorite was going to be. It was oh, it kind of tastes like Four Roses. Yeah, I'm all in. Good. It's just it's not as multi dimensional. I mean, I, I you know I guess it falls back on what you're looking for and where you want to go with you know that experience kind of a. Well, this is, I mean, I look at the vatted more as like a daily, mm -hmm. right? The vatted is going to be something that I would drinker. go to more than something that would be higher priced. And, and I think just in my mindset, taking back all the jokes, it's like I want something that is going to be well-rounded and well-balanced for a daily drinker. And, and I don't want something that if it was like too spicy or it had that pine note to it or it had things like that that I'm not going to want to have every day. I want something that is kind of 
just I know it's going to be a good pour. I know it's going to be something reliable. I know it's going to be something that's well-rounded. I don't want highs or lows on a daily drinker. I I wouldn't mind highs or lows on something that that is a little bit more of that allocated specialty thing or where I'm like, okay, that's a conversation piece, right? Which, again, speaks to Four Roses, the consistency. You know, when I open a bottle of Four Roses, I know when I'm going to get it. Yeah. Special releases aside. And I think there's nothing wrong, right, again, and this isn't a cop-out, there's nothing wrong with any of our answers. It's just kind of like a personal preference, what we're looking for. And and you said, this is what you look for in a rye, and I'm like, man, for a daily drinker, I want something that's going to be, like, give me the Ford Focus for a daily drinker, right? It's reliable. It's going to get you to work on time. It's like, I'm not looking for a Ferrari. Yeah. I'm looking for something that I know gets good gas mileage, but, and it's going to get me there. Another thing I thought was really interesting, too, is for rye products, and just in general, I think the default when you hear rye, you think heat. Mm-hmm. There's no heat. No. no. None of those are hot. There was a and little bit of spice. Too, right? I don't know if elemental's the right word, but it, it seems um, it's a much more something type of ride. Mm-hmm. I guess elemental's what popped in my head. Yeah. There's a little spice, but nothing that has any heat, yeah. especially for 100 proof. These mm-hmm. do not drink like 100 proof. There's something that drinks that more like a, a 90 or an 88, I think. Yeah. yeah. i got to figure out where you're getting this pine note, too. Cause growing up in Georgia, every summer... Zeke got sent to go pick up pine cones in the yard for countless hours. Why? Because it's what you did when you were a kid and your parents wanted to get you out of the house for a while. Or if you uh, effed up real royally. <laughs> All right, bud. See them pine cones? Get to picking. Plenty of plastic bags in the garage. You run out, we fill up one, get the next one. I mean, literally hours. But See, I just had woods behind my house and my parents were like, go play. Or I got on my that, bike. I will I- say, I don't get any pine. That's why I kept thinking, where's he getting pine in this? Like... Uh-huh. I got some pine. It was kind of like, you know, when we had that Clyde Mays rye and there was the, the pine at, or or even uh, Peerless, where there was a little bit of pine in there. It's Yeah, the Peerless. I got it there, but I don't get it with these. Like I say, I'm, being a summer's doing that, I think I'm probably on a different pine note. Yeah, you're like, this wasn't enough pine for me to even <laughs> notice it. Man. It was the slight hints of it, and I was like, but I think one and three for me would be something that that I would kind of want to put in a cocktail, because I think those notes would go really well with some of the other stuff. And I know people get pissed off when you say it, it goes in a cocktail, but I was a freaking bartender. There are some yeah. things that really you look at, and you're like... This would go perfect in a in a cocktail. Yeah, even number three, like the the dark cherry notes on there. If I had like a bottle of antique or like a Carpano that I just made a classic Manhattan with, oh, beautiful! Yeah. I mean, oh, come on. I it's it, there's some stuff that you're like the high mm-hmm. of of this one, and, and it goes back to the highs and lows, right? The high of whichever one that we're we're talking about, and the low gets cut out Mm -hmm. by having it actually be in a cocktail but if you could take some of those notes like if it's a little bit of pine or if it's black cherry or whatever it is and you realize like you you go to your rolodex in your head as a bartender and you're like i take that i take that i take that it's gonna be great on the head absolutely absolutely it's not a bad thing ladies and gentlemen if you're if you're thinking creative you know i cook every night i'm looking at the ingredients i have and i'm like well, shit, this one's piney. What can I put with that? Yep. And then what can I garnish it with? Or this one has black cherry. Boom, Manhattan. Are you practicing your plating yet, too? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I got to say, I got some of those Smithy Ironware cast iron skillets. And from the giveaways. Yeah, yeah, from the giveaways. But but I got some, and I have been cooking on those things nonstop lately. Amazing. And this this isn't an ad for them. They're not paying us anything for this, but I freaking love those things, man. That's awesome. Do you know which one it's going to be yet? Is there a... a- there, there's a, there was kind of a, a blind process where um, all the leadership was able to rank <clears throat> theirs. And I know where my ranking is, but I don't know where anyone else's is. So, oh, nothing got revealed. Nothing was revealed. Oh, so. Nobody tipped their hat. Nope, nope, nope. 
Would anybody call you names afterwards? <laughs> you know, I, I thought about calling a couple people and be like, so what did you have for number, etc." No, they have names for him, and none of them are suitable for a podcast. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. One slips during the uh, the conference call. <laughs> it's funny. Well, we had this and this, and uh, uh, yeah, don't talk to Dumbass over there. He, he said enough already. <laughs> but I've gotten that before. Trust me. Going back, I'm not surprised. Going back to the vatted, and and you brought the old vatted as almost a control. I did. I did. It's more like three as I'm tasting that old vatted and you're you're thinking if you want like a consistent profile yeah. it's more like a three than it would be like a two I'm telling you like I said before some people call this unicorn it is hard to find it, very rarely are you going to find some place that has, still has stock on it this is I'm tasting it again it's a special bottle oh I love I really do think I get more like youth out of this than I did three though really well more Fair. more youth and a little more peppery. That's kind of what I attribute mm-hmm. the youth to, kind of. Mm-hmm. Is it, it's not as mellow on the entry and enough spice for you to, you, you know. Yeah. And you're also looking at the age range on, on this one, though, was the 4 to 15, and it was five different blends. If you look at number th- or any of these previous three that we tasted, it's a four-year blend, and in the case of two, 18, and three, 16-year. So... Yeah, it's not bad. Although, in granted, you know, like I said, we don't have percentages, but looking at two and three, they both have three, seven, and eight. Mm-hmm. The only difference is one has an eighteen and one has a sixteen. Yep. Either way, both hyper aged whiskey, and to be pretty day and night in quite a few aspects, I'll, I'll go ahead and assume that three to seven eight ratio changed a pretty good bit. But yeah. now you keep saying this hyper aged. What What do you mean? I mean, to me, anything. 15 plus is hyper aged. How much in the market gets an age statement that much anymore? So, so hyper aged to me means something that people are trying to do like Terra Pure or like hyper aging to like age things quickly. Like you say, you say, I mean, that's more like a, a, a catalytic reaction or something, something sped up. N- well, n- nobody's as smart as you to say catalytic reaction like hyper aged is like when you're trying to age something quicker than it's what the people say on the boards john i'm just following what people (laughs) read like i do i i don't think they say it that way well you go look up we talk about heaven hill 27 or any of the old willets that got released recently they all say hyper aged hyper aged is like a quicker age Dude, I didn't come up with the term. I just read it on the boards. Well, you know, read it in a dictionary. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think hyper-aged is in there. I'm sure it is. We'll, we'll put it in there. I'm going to call up Webster's right now. But it's... Uh, They'll tell you to read their definition of pine then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ass. <laughs> I'm about to use some four letter words. We're going to stop, stop this podcast here for a minute. Let's move on because we, we've been talking for a while and you also brought a sample of what is going to be the next iteration of Hoxtothers and it is a 20 year rye. Yes. So give me some background on this one first before we start drinking it. Of course, yes. So let's talk about this guy. Um, And this is where, I mean, depending on what kind of time we have, but discussion, if you think this is relevant. Well, we have all the time in the world. Awesome. So this one is... Until Zeke has to go home because he has to be home. (laughs) Right. He's like Cinderella. He has to be home by a certain hour. I had a big point of contention with this one because of what they did with it at the distillery. So this is 20 years old. It is 124.2 proof. We had our 16-year-old. That was 123.8. So yeah, went up just a smidge. What did you say, 124.2? 124.2 is the sample that we're tasting. And I don't know how much of this we want to talk about. or I, I We can we, talk about whatever yeah. you want to talk about. It's coming out of the barrel um, mid-130s. And then, of course, oh. it's one of those behind the curtain distillery things they can 
dilute it as long as it's not a substantial dilution to the product. It can still be considered cast strength and barrel proof with dilution, which I didn't know until I had this conversation with them. Because when they said 124.2, I was like, four more years? And I get we do a cold weather maturation, so we don't have 100-degree weather changes on the side of a rickhouse in Kentucky. It's been, it's like uh, underneath the streets of Philadelphia, you know? So. Well, even even with that, I mean, there are some things when, when it comes to MGP and stuff mm-hmm. like that, the ones that are aged up north. Yeah. And, you know, like Traverse City in Michigan or some of those other places that aren't getting those Kentucky, Tennessee mm-hmm. uh, summers. Yeah. Where it's 100 degrees one day and then all of a sudden it goes down to 60 and then it's 105 and the, the whiskey's really working in and out of the barrel. Yeah. You're not going to get that much stuff in the Northeast. I mean, it might be 80 degrees, and yes, it's still working, but it's mm-hmm. not working like it not is down here. here. And that's I, that's stylistically they they've leaned on that because it's on the label says so cold weather matured, and I get it. But I know it's coming out of the barrel at mid 130s. This is a bottle that is going to be on the shelf at MSRP 299.99. It's going to be 300 dollars bottle. For me, as a side-by-side comparison, I see the 16-year, and I see 123.8, and I see $180 price tag. Then I look at the 20-year, and I see 124.2 and a $300 price tag. I kind of check three boxes when I look at things at that point. I look at age statements, I look at proof, I look at price. And for me, the proof on this just doesn't match. And I don't know why they chose to bottle it, or the sample, at 124.2. So was it, you know, tasted at various proofs and within that window of what's still barrel proof? And they said, all right, here's how far we can push it and still call it this. Yeah. And of these various proofs we're tasting, here's where we find it the most ideal. Or is it just... What? I wouldn't worry I, so much. I want more information. Because I want to see this 127, 128. That's where I think... But I don't know what it tastes like. I don't see something from 128 to 124 and and think that it needs to be higher proof because I almost feel like if you're going to have such an allocated release like that, you're going to dial it in. At least I would hope you would dial it in. And I would want the information, like you said, to know that they dialed it in. Yeah. But I almost want it as it's coming out of the barrel. Like if it was coming out of the barrel at 130, let's put it in the... Unless they're trying to almost get a little bit more out of it. That's what I thought. I thought, you know, if we're adding water, we're stretching it. You know? Yeah. And it's, I don't know. Still, that can't give you that much more of a yield. Extra six-pack? Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to do enough, mm-hmm. but you could almost say, like, hey, this is coming out at 130-something, and then you add the water. You add what you want. It's almost like uh, I, I'm an IT guy, right? Yeah. When I get an Excel spreadsheet... I want more data, and then I'm going to cut it down to what I actually want, but I would rather have more because there's going to be a day that I need something that's in column AZ, yeah. and I need to <laughs> I need to actually get in there. I'd rather you give me more data than less. I would rather you give me more proof than less, and then I'll dial it in. Yep. But there's people there that are a lot smarter than me when it comes to whiskey and they're sitting there dialing it in. Yeah. It's one of those things. It's almost like I wish they hadn't told me what it was actually coming out of the barrel at because <laughs> then I start questioning and I'm like, well, I want to be involved in the process. I want to taste it, you know, yeah. 134 proof, you know, I want to see why, why are we bringing this down? You know, what, what have the steps been along the way? And, you know, I don't know if that's just me wanting to, being, I don't know, greedy or whatever. I don't know. But it's just the nerd in all of us. Yeah, right? I it's, mean, it's like, I want to know the why. I want to know how do we get here. Well, yeah, like, yeah. okay, so if a different or alternative versions exist, mm-hmm. why can't I taste them? Exactly. Get exactly. my opinion of yeah. these other three for the vatted. Yeah. And why would anybody want to consult me on this? I didn't know <laughs> that. I thought when someone said barrel proof cast strength is straight from the barrel, I thought that was that was law. It's not. There is a window that they can take as long as it is not substantially diluted. And I'm like, interesting, interesting. My my guess just from science and pharmacy stuff would be some, there's some percent in there. Of, mm-hmm. As long as you're within the you know this percent error plus and minus. Yeah. 
you can still call it that. We'll, we'll give you some leeway. The other question that I have, and I, I, I don't know the side of the, the legalities, but there may be a proof versus tax thing going on. If it's, if it's above X proof, there's like a higher tax rate or something. I, I imagine it's like the know. luxury tax in baseball. It's above a certain <laughs> right? threshold. I, I bet you there's something like that in whiskey, you know? There, there's, I mean, there, the government's going to find a way to get money no matter yeah, what. Yeah. So I almost wonder, it, it almost gets into hazmat status. Mm-hmm. And then you start thinking about all the, the implications that go there. When you have something that that's a higher proof opposed to a lower proof, or once you yeah. get into the 130s, you're worried about that. I don't know. I, I this is a damn good pour, though. Hey, do you like it? I do. Yeah. I don't know, Zeke, if you've you did it side by side, yeah. Give me a minute. Have you Give tried Zeke it side a by minute. Side? I haven't tried it side by side yet, and I need to do that. the The first sip I had of this, though, I think it has. Some of those rye characteristics, I do need another sip before I really put some notes down. But it, I did get a lot of those rye, like spice notes and and all the things that we kind of liked about it. I but a big old pop of sweet, almost like when you first throw the pop rocks in your mouth. Oh no, it was sweet and too. It, you know, it just starts going like. Yeah. I I got sweet too. I mean, I got the spice and the sweet, and it, it was well balanced. It was. But still, even though there's a spice, I, I still have a hard time, at least in my head, thinking that's 100% rye spice. Like, it is. It's rye. It's supposed yeah. to be hot. It's supposed to, you, you know, those things you just have in your mind going into it. of like, oh, this is 100% rye. Well, it's, it's, one it's of the, barrel proof. Yeah. It's one of those interesting things. It's like most ryes on the market are that zero to four age. And so we're getting popped with all that rye. Before the six-year whistle pig, there was that four to like eight, nine that nobody was releasing. And I don't, they said there wasn't a lot of difference. There wasn't change. Rye needed to be older. So up until like the Wispig 10, which I like the Wispig 10, and then some of the older stuff, and then our older stuff, when I was like, oh, this is what rye does when it gets hyper-aged, you know? And it, it, hyper-aged. It, it, it's super interesting. Do you use hyper-aged? I, I'm going to start using hyper-aged. Don't. Don't. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lame term. <laughs> Hyper aged is like what I think OZ Tyler does and with their terraforma. That's like hyper aging. You're speeding up the aging process. Or, or Metallica with their, their sound waves. Oh, man. I haven't had black and whiskey yet, but I really want to. I mean, I want something that has been like got fade to black blasted at it ride the lightning all that stuff but mm-hmm. i mean I, I hear that uh howard stern really likes black <laughs> no he doesn't he they they've been advertising on the howard stern show but there's a, a lot of uh a lot of hype around it i it hasn't made its way here i don't even know what the distribution is on it zeke do you have notes yet i'm getting there <laughs> We don't have all night. You've got to go home, dude. You're going to turn to a pumpkin. So far on the 16, because it's clearly been a minute since we had that, uh, I get much more pronounced spice in the palate, nose-wise and, and palate as well. It, it's got a really heavy, dark chocolate side to it that I'm picking up. Uh, I'm going to revisit the, the 20 now and, and see how much of that sweet, which I would expect almost to shine even more after having a little bit of that just heavy dark chocolate in there uh, for the last pour. What would you get for the 16? I didn't go to the 16 yet. I'm still on the 20. <laughs> well, I was talking to give you time to do notes, but the 20 has that black cherryness to it as well that, that Ryan loves so much. There's a lot of notes in here that maybe a little bit of graham cracker, maybe a little bit of black cherry that that rye spice it's sweet it's got a whole bunch of stuff in there i will say and i'm I'm not as worried about comparing it to the 16 i will say though that all of that being said this one's probably a bar for me and and i'm just jumping yeah. ahead it's it's just 300 price tag i am at the point in my drinking journey that being able to say I had it 
means more to me than actually owning a bottle of it. So I would be more discerning. I am building a house right now, so it's it's more just being discerning of the the you know, so don't read that if you're listening, don't read into that too much. It's more of just a I'm happy to say I had it. It's a very good pour. I just don't think I have 300 bucks to spend right now just because I'm building a house. So don't read into like me taking it to a bar opposed to a buy. If you have the money, it's a great damn pour. I, mean, I think it even shows, honestly, going back to it, more youth than, than the 16. It's funny because thinking back to the vatted kind of stuff as well, it reminds me more of two than three and, and some of the sweeter and, and interesting side it has to it. Which is funny that that one has the 18, not the 16 blended into it. Mm-hmm. So it almost makes you wonder, somewhere over the course of that long of an aging, does it almost, I guess, reverse its position, so to speak, mm. and, and and the grain turn back from what you'd expect as far as, all right, it's reached this certain point. Well, it's still sitting in the wood. It's still got to do something. Mm-hmm. Does it somehow spin back around with the grains? I do like the 16 more than the 20. Oh, really? I do. Oh, no, sir. I think it it's more graham crackery chocolatey in the, the 16. And I'm just a fat kid <laughs> at heart, you know, and, and in reality. So I think I probably lean more towards the 16 than the 20. The, the extra spice in the 16 throws me off, but this 20... I don't expect us to agree. I mean, there, there, there's good funk in there, and there's good sweetness. Like I don't know too many products that that have that kind of funk and sweet. Um, you know, maybe that that 15 year Four Roses single barrel we had last week. It had both elements, but it, it really was. Um, I think that one was more kind of a back and forth shift. Mm-hmm. This seems to blend a little more. I do like the funk though. I keep interrupting you, but I do like the funk in the 20. The 20 wasn't bad. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I just said I loved it. I mean, I know there's presidential debates already coming up here, but are you going to ride the fence that hard already? (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm not riding the fence. I'm making definitive statements. I like the 16 more than the 20, but I would definitely go get pours of the 20 at a bar. Mm -hmm. I'm probably not buying a bottle, but... It's a damn good pour that I would be happy to have. The 20 for me is is pretty interesting. Um, I love the 16. Everybody that's met me, if I see the 16 on the bar, I'm buying drinks just so I can share that with everybody to enjoy that. Um, I like to take the 16 with me to try it. Everybody knows I love that bottle. The 20 for me has been a really fun um, discovery experience. But you agree with me this time. I, I do. I do. I do. Ha! Sorry. To be fair, I haven't worked my way through an entire bottle of 20 yet, so we'll, we'll see in the future. But for now, the 20, it draws up a lot of like sensory memories. Um, my father-in-law, every, every Christmas, makes a batch of homemade peanut brittle. And I love his peanut brittle because he cooks it a little bit longer. And it has these really pronounced like caramel and peanut notes, and it's 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 almost like it's burnt, but it's it's right there on the edge where it's not burnt yet. That same flavor profile of almost burnt caramel, but not quite there, with kind of a nuttiness, like the peanuts, the sweetness from the peanuts, is what I get in this, and it's weird. I really really like it. On the 16, I, I got tons of just dark dark fruit, dark earthy fruit, um, like milder spice. It was it was like. It was dark. It was mysterious. And this one is, is more playful. And I don't know where the change in the past four years has happened, but it's something that I want to keep going back. The 16 is one I can sit back, kick my feet up with, and drink. The 20 is one that I want to sit down and talk with people about. I'll be like, what's going on here? This it's, is this is It's this not is the, the progression piece. you would have expected. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's, what, that's what got me so much. Yeah. It's like... I get more youthful aspects and, and various notes all along the profile here than I do it in the 16 and the same juice, so to speak. Yeah. Aged more and, you know, the brain tells you, well, if it's aging more, you're going to get more oak, less profile, et cetera. But I do really enjoy having conversations, though. Like, I do like that. And, and I know I have a bias towards whiskey that will get you to do that. Mm-hmm. 
and I almost like it just because it's a conversation starter. Oh, sure. But I, there's something about this 16 that it's just a special, special bottle. I agree. I agree. Something other interesting about, about the 20, um, just mouthfeel. Is it oily? Are you guys getting oh, like man. super oily? Yeah. I'm just sitting here thinking yeah. this is absurd. Yeah. That, I'll go ahead and put it down now. I, I say about a third of the way into the bottle, you'll, you'll change your course. Mm-hmm. The 20 is going to be better than the 16 for you. I'll, I'll go ahead and put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take one for the team. I'll, I'll work my way through the bottle. No Strazikas over there. Oh, oh, but no, it is. It's such a thick pour of so many different yeah. aspects. Um, I. It's hard. It's hard for me to think. Period? This, no. It's hard for me to think that this 16 could get beat, though. I, I'm not... And that I'm was not one of down your favorite pours from a couple of years ago, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it still was. Yeah, uh, or it still is. Best there ever is. Best there ever was. Best there ever will be. Tarox here. Is he here? Yeah. Hey. Like the first time I tasted sixteen, I immediately fell in love. I was like, "This is my, this is my jam." Yeah. Like straight up, this twenty has my brain working. I'm like, what's what's. I don't know if I'm just trying to compare it to the 16, but I'm like, what's going on here, you know? It It's super intriguing. Obviously, the price is not super cheap. Mm. I don't know. I, I think I would tell somebody simply because of the price to obviously try it at a bar first. But I, I think, especially for the rye fanatics and, again, people that, you know, really for whatever reason, get into the hyper-aged products as well. There's a, a lot of appeal in the palate, a lot of appeal in seeing a 28-year product. Mm-hmm. There'll be enough folks that taste it at a bar that will want to hunt down a bottle to where I don't see these, you know, just hanging around on shelves collecting dust. No, I don't think they're not going to sell at all. I, I think they'll all be gone. I and do. Not a not a wide release on this. This will not be in every market. I think there will be 12 U.S. markets that get allocated. Is Nashville one? <laughs> Nashville is one. Nashville yeah. is one. It better be with you <laughs> right? kind of uh, doing the national stuff. If yeah. it wasn't, I was, I was going to have to kick your ass out. They, they get to, they like to joke with me sometimes when I really like something. They're like, oh, so nothing for Tennessee this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, for 20 years, that's. It's confusing, for lack of better words. And I'll, I'll tell you something. We touched about this earlier, but drinking through all of these, again, that's 124.2 proof that you just tasted. It's so... It doesn't drink it. It doesn't drink hot like you would expect. And I have to think the 130 would not drink right? as hot, which I think would almost add... So if your bosses are listening, which I'm sure they will... They will. <laughs> um, I would think that having a 130 proof that doesn't taste like 130 proof, mm-hmm. that's going to get people talking, and you guys missed an opportunity to get some buzz mm-hmm. when still, when someone has that higher proof, and they go, oh, shit. You know, and honestly, the the conversation is not finished on this. It has been bottled. You know, it may actually, you know, if, if I've been that proof. About, yeah, right? But that was one of the, the draws to me of the 20, was there really is less spice to it compared mm-hmm. to the 16. Sure. There you go. There it is. There it is. You gotta, you gotta it's an old it. school pull tab there, bud. Come on. Didn't don't, 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 don't spill it on yourself either. <laughs> I won't. I thought I was trying to pop the top. I know. <laughs> that was an <laughs> epic was fail. Throw it back and get nothing. Oh, I was so waiting for that moment. <laughs> that was an epic fail right there. But Zeke did it the last time, so I'm going to make sure I do it this time. Yeah. Oh, you didn't even get any in your beard. Look at no. you go. Nope. That is good. I love that rock and rock. It's so good. The original. The 100 proof, are they still out there? Uh, again, just like the Vatted Rye, the original Vatted Rye, kind of a unicorn on the shelf. You could find somewhere, if you're lucky, an eight-year or six-year version. If you can find that orange label rock and rye, somebody hit me up. Also more 16-year. Yeah. <laughs> hit me up. Upstate New York. Oh, really? Upstate New York has, has a bunch of the 100 proof, I'm told. And Georgia. Actually, I do know that in Georgia. Well, road trip. I know people in both. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, Ryan, thank you so much for coming. Is there anything else you want to say before we close out tonight? You know, um, it's really fun to uh, to be 
showcasing these products. I'm really excited about the future for the Hockstatter label, um, re-releasing the Vatted Rye, uh, continuing to tell the story of the Family Reserve. Um, and like I said, you know, if you if you haven't had it before, get out there, try some slow and low, get high on rye, enjoy it. Zeke, <laughs> you have any closing remarks? Cheers to our uh, first three-time hat trick guest. Yeah, Wayne Gretzky of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ryan, where can the folks find? It's slow and low, um, but far the all the social, all that other stuff. Where gotcha. can people so find you? On Instagram, we're at Drink Slow and Low. On the web, DrinkSlowandLow.com. Uh, on Facebook, Slow and Low ampersand. Um, we're across all the media platforms. If you haven't visited us on social media yet, make sure you do. Uh, our social media branding is uh, certainly unique, and I think you'll enjoy it once you land there. And Ryan, you have a very good personal Instagram. What is it for the folks? I am now in Nashville. That's now underscore in underscore Nashville. Because he knows what's up right now. You can find us right now on Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads. You can join our Facebook group. It's a fun time. It's a place where everybody can go and hang out. We kind of let you know when we have pics going on. We let you know when we have other stuff going on. We do have some hats that we put up in our Facebook group recently. Bobby was very, very excited to oh, get a hat. you sold those out, didn't you? Yeah. Okay. No, there's still some left. Oh, really? Yeah, there are still some left. So go ahead and join our Facebook group. That's where you're going to know what's going on. And then uh, you can go ahead and find us on your favorite podcast app, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all the ones. Go ahead and follow us. Leave us a review just like we leave open and honest reviews to the drinks that we taste. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Good old Music City, USA. Cheers. Ciao.